Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Bible Thumper Podcast, where somebody's got to say it. My name is Patrick Hayes, your regular host, and with me this evening is my beautiful wife, Joanna, and we are talking about Christian families, and we're going over the topic of sacrifices. So the reason we are getting together and doing these podcasts together, and by we, I mean Joanna and I, is we want to talk about Christian families and we want to help Christian families to be strong and successful. So I wanted to talk about three major ideas that parents need to keep in mind when working towards building a strong Christian family. And we had talked about this a while ago. We were thinking about getting on and talking about this a month or so ago. The topic is important. Everybody think of this. How about this? Okay. Do you know anyone that would say, nah, I don't want to be in shape. I don't care. No. I like being fat. No. (laughs) No. Everyone would love to be in better shape. I sure would. Lose a few extra pounds. You're going to feel better. You're going to sleep better. You're going to have more energy. Everyone, I'm assuming in the world, would like that, to be in a little bit better shape than they are. The question comes down to, are you willing to do what it takes to get into better shape? Right. That's a totally different idea. Most everybody in Christianity would say, I want a strong, successful, godly Christian family. Yeah, of course. Who in churches wouldn't say that? No, everyone. Everyone wants that. Everyone wants that. Lots of people are not willing to do what they need in order to get it. And I wanted to talk about three ideas that parents need to keep in mind when they are working towards building a strong Christian family. So idea number one, sacrifice and sacrifice in the way of money. Are you willing to sacrifice financially to have a strong Christian family? Number two, you need to put in a tremendous amount of time into raising your kids. Again, sacrifice of time. And the third one is you need to be willing to make difficult and unpopular decisions in your home And you also have to know that those decisions might be unpopular outside of your home with your in-laws, with your extended family, with your friends, with your name, with whoever. Whoever. Yeah. The the government in some states or countries. Definitely. Yeah, you're definitely going to go against what they want. (laughs) So in talking about those things, I had five or six different ideas I kind of wanted to bring up. Okay. And... My goal is not to maybe convince everyone why these things in your family are good or why these things in your family would be bad, but I wanted to bring them up mostly to show people that if you're not willing to sacrifice your money and your time and you're not willing to make difficult and unpopular decisions, you are never going to fix these things in your life and they are going to keep you from having a successful family yeah the first one i put down was no government schools that has to be one of the top things you could do to produce good children keep them away from government schools yeah why are we still doing this i can't fathom why are we putting our you're gonna get me really going no go for it i hate (laughs) government schools so you're okay Tell you me want, what you're thinking. Yeah, right yeah, tell me what you think. Okay, number one, are they going to get shot? <laughs> I'm sorry. Sure, well, physical I'm, safety. I mean, that's just safety. Anyone would think. And the, and you want to know something? I'm gonna I'm gonna give you another one. And I did not look this up, so this yeah. is coming from my memory, but it's easy to look up. There was a school shooting in the last two or three months, and it was one where there were hundreds and hundreds of law enforcement involved Mm -hmm. with the school shooting that responded and got to the school none of them 
went into the school. Let's see. That's and they were just that's ridiculous. Standing around, they did not get the order to go in to do anything to approach uh, and confront the active shooter. Lots of people were shot and killed. <coughs> Several parents showed up, and the parents who obviously were losing their mind, oh, yeah. Because there's a person with a gun yep. in that building. I can hear shots yeah. fired. The parents saw that the law enforcement wasn't doing anything. Parents tried to get into that building to help their own kids. Yeah. Parents were yep. pepper sprayed. Parents were arrested. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. I can't. That That's a, a ridiculous situation. It's a ridiculous situation. What are we doing? Well, and no one's willing. It's easy to fix if you wanted to. Easy to fix keep them safe but i'm just saying number one it, you don't even know if they're going to be safe physical safety let alone everything else that comes there's along lots with. of other problems but let's face it that one are they going to come home are alive? they are they going to come home alive well, and i hate to say it that doesn't even mean that it has to be an outside source that ends up being the active shooter you no. got to remember there there's violence in public schools yeah and, and i try to say government schools because that's what they are there's violence in government schools, child to child. There's yeah. been violence in government schools, teacher to child. Oh, yeah. Besides being killed, there's mm -hmm. other forms of assault. It is the only place that most people in America will experience physical violence where they are physically assaulted. They are attacked. They are beaten up. And then they are expected to remain in close proximity to their assailant right. for the remainder of a semester or for the next several years, there is no job on earth where that would be the case. Bob no. comes over and slugs Jim in the head. He's not going to have to work with them tomorrow. Right. <laughs> that is never the situation yeah. except in government schools. Along with that, and let I'm just going to skip down to someplace here in my notes okay you have student teacher sex scandals oh, you have yeah. student student sex okay. you have immodesty you have foul language you have drugs you have alcohol you have a homosexual agenda that is being pushed you have a transgender <laughs> agenda that is being pushed you have uh teachers uh openly uh endorsing and teaching communism and socialism teachers taking students for abortions teachers selling drugs to kids sexting uh you have yeah. sexually transmitted diseases uh brutal beatings and assaults and school shootings these are the things that we are concerned about along with the headlines that we read we have cheating, disrespect to authority, impropriety towards the opposite sex, and other very immoral behaviors that children learn regularly and learn to condone and ignore when they go to government right. schools. Well, okay, so furthermore, it kind of just run ramp it runs rampant there. Mm -hmm. Who is putting those things in check? Uh, the teachers maybe keep some of the physical violence down but what about all the other immoral behaviors so this is what this is the way that i bring it up and people really don't like this idea but i don't care because it's my podcast and i'm going to say what i want <laughs> the standards of the government school that your child goes to are your accepted standards if you send your kids there right that's and, the deal yeah. And then people would, if they heard that at first, they would kind of balk at it. Like, yeah, they don't like that. No, I'm not okay but, with these things. If you're not okay with them, why, why do you send there? your child to experience right. them? Well, you're clearly okay with them. Yeah, it's a default standard. You would not be okay with any of these things at a restaurant you went to. Right. If these things were going on, if you saw drugs being dealt in the kitchen of the restaurant you went to, you would not want to go back there. If you saw fights breaking out, there are lots of places in the world that most of us don't go because these things exist there. But we are willing to send our, our children, our babies, yeah, to these places. Our, yeah, I, that that I is your standard. Yeah. Don't tell me it's not. If it wasn't, you wouldn't put them there. By default, parents 
of children in public schools, Christian parents, your standard is whatever is going on in that school. Yep. Now, you might not believe me when I say that, and you might argue with me about that point, but you're going to have to explain it to God one day. Because right. you got to remember, these kids are not yours. They are God's. They are on loan from God, and he expects you to raise them in the fear and the admonition of the Lord and to produce a quality product. They are an inheritance from the Lord. That's what we read about in the Psalms and the Proverbs. So let me, yeah. let me get into this idea. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5 through 9, we read about this idea that it is the responsibility of the parents to teach their children about the things of God. And this is a very important verse. If you want to be a successful Christian parent, first of all, I, I would imagine a lot of people already turned the podcast off. We're not even 12 <laughs> minutes in and, and people aren't going to like what we're going to be talking about. It's only going to get harder from here. If you want to be a successful Christian parent, you need to know and understand, and it wouldn't be bad to memorize these couple verses in Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting in verse 5. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And now we read about that in the Gospels. Jesus was quoting Deuteronomy when he talked mm -hmm. about that. Verse 6, and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk mm. of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. So it is the job of the parent to love the Lord thy God with all their heart, soul, and might. Well, people would say, well, Patrick, how do we do that? Glad you Good asked. Question. You do this by taking God's commandments and teaching them diligently unto your children. Mm -hmm. That's what it says. That's how you do it. So then people might say, okay, well, how do you diligently teach these things unto your children? Mm -hmm. You talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. That is hard to do as a homeschooling family that is trying to do it. Yeah. That is putting hard. a lot of energy it, into it. You have to always be thinking about it. And that verse to me kind of sounds like as you're living life. Yes. You're walking, you're working, you're in the garden. You're Absolutely. Gar you're folding laundry. Yep. When the opportunity <laughs> comes up. Right. That is when you teach them the things of God. It's hard to remember. It is. It's a big order, but it is the number one command mm -hmm. for all of us parents. Now, here's my question for you. If it is hard for us to do that as a homeschooling family that spends a lot of time with our kids and we are trying to do that, then how difficult is that to accomplish when your children are away from home for an extra 35 hours a week? A lot harder. You have 35 less hours yep. <laughs> in the week. It's way harder. Yes. And then if your kids are in sports and they have extracurricular activities uh -huh. and whatever, if your kids are in government schools, you have them for 40 hours less than you would if you were homeschooling your children. Yeah. For the parent who wants to have a strong Christian home, I believe you absolutely have to have your kids out of government schools. Government schools are anti-Christian. They, they really are. They're not just neutral. No. They're constantly fighting against God uh -huh. and any conservative viewpoint even. Yes. Uh, everything in there is, there's no longer even education. No. It's in all indoctrination. 100% indoctrination of humanistic, yeah. communistic values. Yes. It has nothing to do with educating your kids anymore. That's the no. biggest misconception about government schools is that they are here to teach your kids. They're not here to teach your kids. Teaching your kids is so easy, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. yeah. The idea that they can't get it done in 35, 40 hours a week is a joke. Yeah. All they are able to do is crush the spirit of children and take genius, which is about as common as dirt, and snuff it out. They've developed the most perfect system for taking bright, 
interesting mm-hmm. minds and turning them into blind, obedient subjects to the state. Right. Government schools are anti-Christian. They push an anti-God and anti-Bible world view, and they do that for the first 13 years of your children's life. And those are really the first 13 years that your kids are going to remember. From kindergarten through senior year, that, yeah. that right? They're about yeah. five years old when they go into kindergarten? Right. And Great. These, yeah, think these of are how, memories. Think of how impressionable those years are. I mean, you're forming the foundations of what they're going to believe and what they're going to build on for the rest of their life, and you're passing them off to who knows, to who? You're passing them off to, to morons. That's <laughs> who you're passing them off to. Well, okay, socialistic, that, that is ungodly. 100%. I'm just going to say this. If you're a Christian and you work for the teacher's union in your town, you are the enemy. Stop trying to tell me that Christian public school teachers are worth anything. They're not. You can't work for Joseph Stalin and tell me, no, 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 I'm the, I'm the lighthouse. I'm the light on the hill. I'm, do, I'm the one thing that's keeping that place Christian and moral and helping everything. It's not. Stop it. That is insanity. You have to quit that stuff. You cannot say, well, I only play the piano at the whorehouse, so I'm the one, you right. know, nice thing that's good and wholesome in the whole place. That is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I know so many Christian teachers, and it is insane to me that they all work for the public school system and continually try to convince themselves and convince me that they are doing a great job well they can't do their they cannot no. be a christian their hands are tied yes. they get fired if yes. they do too much yes so the system you need to just get out of that system yes a, get out of it it's there not is no christian. reforming it no there's right that's what i'm trying to say it's totally broken correct and it's uh it is, <laughs> it is a failure by every right. single measurable statistic since the, the uh, Department of Education has been started. Yeah. It has been in a complete free fall from the day that the federal government has gotten involved. It is a joke. I'm not saying that these Christian teachers, some of them might not be smart people, or they might not be good at teaching, but you cannot do that in the public school system. Yeah, you are aiding else. in the destruction of children. Right. And there have been plenty of good Christian teachers that have recognized this and they're like, yeah, yeah. I'm done with this. This is insanity. Oh, yeah. I cannot be a part of the destruction of children anymore. I have to get out of here because guess what? I got to stand before God and talk to him and face him one day. And I don't know what I'm going to say. So I'm out of here. So it is absolutely anti-God. It is anti-biblical. You cannot throw a Christian child into government schools and expect that the children are somehow going to make it better. They're going to somehow make it moral or that they're going to make it somehow more favorable to Christianity. Right. Okay. Can I say something? Jump in. So a lot of people have said to me, well, my child is, that's their mission field. Yep. And that's where they're going to be the light. Well, what I would say to morons, them is, <laughs> that's what we say here on Bible Thumper. You're a that. moron. <laughs> okay. The Bible says in first Corinthians 15, 33, be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good right. manners. That, that's not the appropriate place that it's a. It's not the appropriate place to have the mission field. There's you, one of them. And you don't surrounded. send out lambs right. amongst they're, the wolves. They're babies. It is sheep yeah. to the slaughter. Right. You, that, that is absolutely. And here's the thing. People always use an anecdotal argument and they're like, well, you know, we had the, you know, our kid was a Christian, you know, and they've done some good and they've started a Christian club or they did something, you know, they've been a help to some. Yeah, that has no bearing. No bearing on the conversation. We can all point to one good instance or one bad instance to make our point. Well, there's outliers, always. There's always going to be outliers. The Bible says that we are to protect our children. The Bible says, okay, in Matthew, you're the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? You Until the kid grows up and understands how to give an answer right. and a defense... 
for the reason of the hope that is within you, I think that's in First Peter, they're not supposed to be out there. Exactly. Here's the it's- thing. Do you know how many Christian fathers and mothers that work somewhere in the world are cowards and are not able to spread the gospel in their place of business and you're telling me that your child in primary school you're right. sending <laughs> them to do it that's exactly my point that it's it's an inappropriate circumstance they're surrounded by terrible things and they're little tiny children it's not the right time and the right format for you- that you can't clean up mud. Right. Mud can just get stuck to you. Yeah. And that's what's happening with the kids. You can't take something clean and jam it into the mud and make the mud clean. All you can exactly. do is get the mud on the clean thing. That's what's going on in the government schools. Yes. Now, the purpose of this podcast was not simply to beat up on government schools for an hour. Although I am more than happy to take as many hours as we need to do that because I hate government schools. If I was elected, if I was even electable, if I was king for a day, the first thing I would do is shut all the government schools. Boom. Done. Over. That would be the greatest accomplishment that I would ever be able to bring to the United States of America. Nope. Government schools are done. Education is going to fall into the hands of parents. Parents are going to make decisions. They're going to bind together and they're going to form private schools Mm -hmm. and they're going to do what they want or they're going to homeschool, but the government is out. Man, that would be a great day. It'd be a great day. (laughs) Uh, It wouldn't be a great day for communism because one of the planks of the communist manifesto is free education for all children in government schools. There's a reason for it. It'd be bad for the Democratic Party, too, because they'd have yeah. a lot less voters. Yeah, <laughs> they wouldn't be able to indoctrinate kids. You got it. Anyway, Everyone's like, we? oh, where'd my kids get all these stupid ideas? Yeah. Well, so you send them away for 35, 40 hours a week, and then you take them to church for one hour a week on Sunday, and then you barely spend any time talking to your kids you know, throughout the week, teaching them the things of God and what they're supposed to learn. And we wonder how entire generations have turned into communist, woke, anti-Bible, anti-God, liberal, pinko, commie nut jobs. Well, do you remember how, I remember for years, people were talking about the youth are falling away from church. What are we going to do? Oh my goodness. Well, that's one of the big Why do you think it was happening? Uh Uh-huh. Well, I don't understand. We took them to church all the time. Yeah, by all the time, they mean one or two hours a week. That's what I mean. (laughs) And it's this weird thing is happening, this phenomena where Mm -hmm. people are just leaving the church after high school. Yeah. Well, that's probably why. Yeah, they get off on their own and they've been indoctrinated for over a dozen years. And Mm -hmm. lo and behold, poof. Yeah, they're gone. gone. I can't figure it out. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to I wanted to get to a point here. Let's see. Okay. Don't get us started on public school. Yeah. If parents are going to keep their kids out of government schools, what choices do they have? Oh, homeschool, private school, cohort. During COVID, there were parents that were pulling together and having paying for a teacher. Mm-hmm. Little Basically cohort. getting st- uh, uh, like, like a, a tutor small, together yeah. and say, okay, uh-huh. you're going to teach our four families. We're exactly. going to bring our kids. So they're basically forming their own private school. That's yeah, what they were doing. a small scale in someone's home. So, That's you it? Know. Okay. So you're going to homeschool or you are going to have a private school. Yeah. Those are really your only options. Exactly. Okay. Problem with private school is it takes a large amount of money. Right. I mean, and I have heard of some really good, a decent private schools, Christian run schools, but the kids seem to be doing a lot better. There might be. I honestly don't know. We don't send our kids to private school. Well, we, we homeschool them. So, yeah. yeah. So with a large family with six kids, the it's, idea of paying for private school is... A little outside of, you know, what we could do. Yeah. So if it takes a large amount of money, what is that going to require? Well, that's going to require both parents to work, Mm -hmm. which statistically is one of the worst things you could ever do to your children. Yeah. I always believed someone needs to be at home. Yep. When the kids get there. Yeah. Do you want to know when all teen pregnancies happen? Mm, when the parents are gone between 3 and 5 p.m oh latchkey kids kids get out of school they (laughs) go home they got a couple hours before mom or dad comes home from work that's when they get pregnant well you can do whatever you want yeah that's the time to try drugs that's the time to try drinking that's the time to yeah 
have unprotected premarital sex and get pregnant. These that is the time when it happens. Well, I I'm guess sure there I are should, other times. Shouldn't be surprised. Okay. There's stupid things that parents let their kids do, like prom. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, or as I like to call it, you know, a parent-sponsored DUI night. Right. (laughs) But private schools are very important. So, or I'm sorry, not very important. Private schools are very expensive, which means both parents are going to have to work. What are the difficulties with homeschooling? What are the difficulties? Yeah, what are the challenges with homeschooling? So the biggest one is someone has to administer it. Someone needs to be at home. So that's one salary gone unless you have someone who has a stay-at-home job so you have a single income family because one parent needs to educate the children you're going to have a single income yeah i don't know i'm sure they're out there but we don't really know of many that can do something different right most of the homeschool families i know it's one income single income family okay what else does it take Oh, so much time. Takes a lot of time. Mental effort, Mm -hmm. because you're thinking about what do I teach them? What am I doing? Uh, Lack of confidence in most people. No, I'm not asking about the reasons people won't homeschool. Uh I'm asking about what are the sacrifices. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Time and money. Time and money. Those are it, really. That's it. That encompasses all of them. That's that <laughs> is those are the two things that people are typically not willing to do. People are okay. not willing to say we're going to live on a single income amount of money. Yeah. We're not willing to be a single income family and live on the amount of money that we can we can generate from you going to work, me going to work, and one of us staying home with mm-hmm. kids. Along with that, the amount of time that it takes, a lot of people don't want to deal with that. Also, they're not willing. One of the big problems I hear is, well, I can't homeschool my child because we just don't get Butt along. Heads. We just don't get so along. They also are not willing to discipline the child so Correct. that they will fall in line oh so you're saying that parents are not willing to make difficult and unpopular decisions yeah is that what you're saying one of your points yeah that's exactly it so it's one two and three these are the reasons you're not willing to do it every time i hear that and i hear it all the time and you and i have heard that together and i've heard it from a lot of people that i really truly do love yeah but in the back of my mind my eyes are shooting blood out of out of them and my head is exploding when I hear people say, oh, well, you know, me and my kids just don't get along. Well, well they get along fine with a public school teacher. Right. Probably because the teacher holds their hand to the fire and makes mm-hmm. them obey with consequences. Yeah. So, all right, if you don't want to do what it takes to, you know, put on the big boy pants and be the parent, I get it. It is but a bit of a package deal. You got it. You've got to do You got to do it all or... Uh, yeah, or send them to work. public school and get on your knees every day and pray that your daughter doesn't come home pregnant. Right, those are your options. Mm-hmm. So it's up to you. But when you're sending your kids to public school, I know every single parent that I've ever talked to, they all have the same conversation. I really hope my kids don't get pregnant. I really hope my kids don't get into drugs. I really hope. Yeah. You know, my kid I'm doesn't not. get a DUI. My kid doesn't. All these different things. Yeah. Well, it's a shame. there is a solution. People are not willing to do what it takes. And that's fine. You don't want to do it. Don't do it. But stop asking me how to get a product. Stop looking at my kids and saying, man, your kids are great. How do you do it? And then scoffing and laughing at what I tell you. There's a recipe. If you don't want to use chocolate chips, you ain't going to get chocolate chip cookies. You have to follow the recipe. And government school is not part of the recipe. No, not at all. Mm -hmm. That's, anyway. Okay. I feel better. I feel good. (laughs) Okay. Half an hour in, we got two people. Yeah. Covered schooling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Government schooling. Okay, we're done with that. Topic number two Bible teaching time at home. Hmm. Yeah. To, to be a successful Christian family, you need the Bible to be at the center of your family. It needs to be read, needs to be talked about, and it needs to be studied as a family. And I am so glad you stepped up and started doing that. And I would mm-hmm. have these moments where I'm thinking, oh, I'm not doing my due diligence in that part. Because I was doing all of the other things, reading, writing, mm-hmm. history, yeah, you know. And then, but honestly, isn't that 
more of the dad's job? Do you think? It is. Yeah. A hundred percent. There is a Bible that goes along with this in Second Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So the Bible says that it is inspired by God and it is profitable. This verse says it is where we find instruction in righteousness. You want your kids living a righteous life? Guess what? You're going to find it in the Bible. Instruct them. So it is the job of the father to make sure this happens. Believe it or not, it's the job of the father to make sure everything in the family happens. It is the job of the father to make sure the job of the mother gets done. If the job, if the job of the mother doesn't happen and she fails in her job somehow, it's the fault of the father. Yeah. You're the overseer of the whole operation. Yeah. I'm the manager. Right. I'm the one that's going to get reamed out by the owner if I'm not doing a good yeah. job managing this local branch of the McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Sure, there are a lot of other people involved, but leadership, everything, has to lead. everything rises and falls yeah. on leadership. Right. So it is the job of the father to make sure that this happens, and it is his job to lead the family in this endeavor. So to do this, he needs to spend time in the Bible and in prayer himself Mm -hmm. so he can be prepared to teach the bible to the rest of the family could you explain how you teach the bible and what how you've implemented that practically speaking in our family yes so what we do and we're i was gonna i was gonna absolutely that's it gonna have ourselves no 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 no. it's a good place to go so what we do is we go through the Bible, and we teach in an expository manner, which means we are not teaching lessons. I'm not teaching a lesson on how to be a good kid. I'm not teaching a lesson on what the Bible says about, you know, alcohol. I'm not teaching a lesson on who the 12 disciples are. I'm not teaching topic-based lessons. I am going through a book of the Bible at a time. Mm Mm-hmm. This is hands down the easiest way to teach through the Bible, because guess what, Dad? You always know what you're going to talk about tomorrow. It's the next portion of the Bible. And I'm sure all those topics come up eventually. They do. Every topic you want to talk about will come up at some point, and that's when you bring it up. So start in Genesis. Genesis is easy. It reads like a story. It is very easy. It is easy to get through. It's easy for the kids to keep their attention. We read based on time. So we, and and this is part of uh, what I was going to talk about. The dad needs to spend time in the Bible and prayer himself so he can be prepared Mm -hmm. to teach the Bible to the rest of the family. That is the sacrifice of the time that some people don't want to do. It doesn't have to be a great amount of time. But the undertaking is difficult to start because you are going to get resistance from your children and you as a father (laughs) need to put on the big boy pants and say, no, this is what we're going to do. This is what's important. This is what we're starting with. So our family, every child at the age of nine years old and up wakes up at 6 a.m. and they come downstairs and they're ready to read the Bible and to pray before starting their day. Mm -hmm. You get every kid a Bible. For us, we get, I don't think I have them out, but we get all our kids some Bible highlighters. And you can, you know, you can find this anywhere on Amazon.com for a few bucks. It's like a pack of four or five highlighters, like pink, blue, green, orange, and yellow. And what we do is uh, we start reading through uh, chapter one of Genesis. And when something stands out as an, an important point that we want to Remember, we use different colors in the uh, of these highlighters for different things. I didn't; my Bible's not within reach, so I can't even show people this. 
So we use blue to highlight names. We use green to highlight, you know, good things. We use pink to highlight bad things. We use orange to highlight the names of cities and places. And so we go through and we make notes. It keeps the kids busy and it keeps them engaged. When I used to have little kids, what I would do is I would have a jar full of pennies and a jar full of dimes. And what I would do is I would ask the kids questions. And if they got a question right, I gave them a penny just to keep track. (laughs) At the end of the lesson, I traded all of their pennies for dimes. Okay. So for me, it would cost me usually less than a dollar a day. And the kids were excited because they're Mm -hmm. now they're getting money. You got it. So they can go and spend that money on whatever, you know, junk and candy and, you know, whatnot. It wasn't a lot of money, but it kept them involved and it kept them excited and it Mm. made them work to try to remember things. Now, we did this with the little kids. We don't do this anymore because the kids that we're teaching are 14, 15 years old. Dollar doesn't mean much. You got it. It's it's very (laughs) different. But we would just go through a chapter of the Bible at a time. If we ended up talking about something a lot, we might go through half a chapter or a quarter of a chapter or wherever the chapter broke up. And it's like, okay, this is a good place to stop. We'll pick it up here tomorrow. So we would just read through. Now, for the parent that is not familiar with the Bible themselves, you know what you're going to teach tomorrow. Yeah, that's great. Read it that evening. And make a few notes. Oh, this is important. Oh, okay. What did we learn here? What did we learn here? What did God show me? Mm -hmm. I'm going to show that to my children. That's all we're doing. We're trying to get them to learn a point. Here's another thing. Okay. And this, people don't like this. Stop using your phone as a Bible. Get a paper uh, Bible. Yeah, that's And when you thing. go to church, make notes. Right. When the pastor teaches you something and it's like, that's a great point. Write it down, moron. So you can teach your kids one day. How yeah. is it that nobody does this? You, you don't even have to study the Bible. You've been taught the Bible in church. If you're 40 years old and you got a handful of kids, you've been taught the Bible for what? 35 years while you've been in church you haven't been taking notes this whole time that was a waste of 35 years of christian education so guess what now you got to start over when you learn something underline it highlight it make a note you're gonna teach someone else every father needs to be a bible teacher that's your job you teach your wife you teach your kids you help them understand the bible well, and so you stop learn. with the phone uh, Bible yeah. apps. It's nonsense. Okay, get a paper Bible. Black leather, like God intended. <laughs> All right, so <clears throat> you can read ahead. You know what you're going to teach the next day. Read ahead, pray about it, find out a couple good points, teach your kids those points the next day. There you go. It, it's expository teaching. All you're doing is going a verse at a time through the Bible, so it's very easy for you to understand uh, what's coming next, uh, to you know, uh, teach a lesson. You don't have to put a lot of time into it. For me, because I'm not a novice with the Bible, I've read and memorized and learned and taught enough Bible to choke a horse, so for me, I don't put any time into it. I put zero effort into preparing for what I'm going to teach my kids the next day. None. All we do is we open up the Bible and we start going and I got to grab my Bible and I got to show everyone my Bible is full of notes, cover to cover, all over the place. So it's very easy for me to see like, oh, this was important. That's why I highlighted it the last time. So, you know, I want to bring this up to my kids. So that's all we do. We, we went through Genesis, went through Exodus, went through Leviticus, went through Numbers, went through Deuteronomy, went through Joshua, went through Judges, went through, oh boy, what's after Judges, I feel. Ruth? Yeah, I think Ruth might be. And then First and Second Samuel, yeah. we went through First and Second Kings. Um, so we go through all of the historical stuff because it's easy and it tells a story and it's easy to kind of go through. Uh, after I go through all of that, 
then what I'll usually do is it's like, okay, let's skip ahead and we'll go through one of the gospels. So we go through the book of Matthew, then we go through the book of Acts. And then by that time, I mean, you're already, you know, a year or more into your little Bible study. Yeah. So uh, from there, you know, go wherever you want. But uh, I mean, for us, we're going through Exodus for the second time with our kids. So that's the way that I do it. And we also pray together. The way we do it again is by time. And it, it, it just comes down to we can't all pray for as long as we want. We can't read the Bible for as long as we want. Kids got to get to schooling. Dad's got to get work. off to work. Yeah. So we set a timer. Each kid prays for so many minutes. Like two the, or three, right? You, yeah, we we do like three and a half minutes. Because we each. have so many. So you <laughs> and we kind of adjusted it up and down till we yeah. found a, a sweet spot for like, okay, this many people times this much time. And this is like, you know, how much time we need to get through it. So uh, each kid, we uh, give out different missionary cards. We pray for missionaries. Uh, you need to teach your children how to pray. It is yes. very simple. <laughs> it is the acronym ACTS, like the book that comes after uh, uh, the book of John. A-C-T-S, uh, what you want to do is you want to adore God, adoration, tell God how great he is. C, you want to confess your sins, ask for forgiveness. T, you want to thank God for mm-hmm. all the good things he has supplied. And then S is supplication. That's usually the only part Christians do in America nowadays, and that is, God, please give me, give me, give me. So uh, there's nothing wrong with asking God for things. We're supposed to do that, but that's not the only thing we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So A-C-T-S, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Uh, you need to teach your kids how to pray, and then you need to help them with that. And you can write out a list and, and help them to understand, you know, these are the different things we want to pray for. How much time do you spend in the reading of the Bible every morning? Like, just practical tips, you know? Do you, do you try to get a chapter in, or you go for 30 so minutes, 20? typically what happens is if we are at the dining room table by 6.30, I'm thrilled and then yeah. I am driving away from the house around 730. Okay. Get up, everyone. You brush your teeth. You, you know, wash your face. You get dressed. You make your bed. Yada, yada. Morning stuff. And then yeah. we're, we're at the dining room table at 630. There's a cup of coffee. Everyone's Bible is out. We have the missionary cards passed out. We're ready to go. And we try to do that all for an hour. And that's pretty good. Yeah. And obviously we have, you know, five kids that are, I don't want to say still at home, but Moses, our oldest child is already off to work. So he no longer can do the morning Bible reading with us because he has to be at work early. So we just do that with the younger five and the youngest one is not old enough yet to do it with us because if you're not able to read the bible and kind of follow along it's a struggle that you got it if you can't read proficiently enough to stay with it it kind of slows the whole thing down to where it grinds Mm -hmm. to a halt and you're not really moving along and you're starting at nine yeah you know and like with patrick what we're doing is kind of a Questions and answers. He's asking me questions. I'm responding. Yep. And you get to talk Bible. to him about the Bible. And he's going to get, yeah. on his ninth birthday, he's going to get his own Bible right. and his own highlighters. And we're going to go through the process there and start yeah. him, you know, uh, with, with us in the morning. We do it early in the morning because every other time we've tried has not worked. And, and the Bible has something to say about that. Yeah, uh, we rise find out that Jesus said, uh, or we read about in the Gospels, that Jesus, rising up a great while before day, departed into a solitary place and there prayed. So Jesus got up before sunrise and did this whole thing, had some time alone with God. So yeah. in the same way, we try to do Just model what you he did. Model yeah. what Jesus did. All right, so that is Bible teaching. Okay. In good. this case, parents do not do that because they have to make difficult and unpopular decisions. They're going to have to force their kids to get up and get a Bible and yes. get read an hour yeah. earlier. So all of a sudden, whatever time your mm. kids get up to go to school, the idea of a parent saying, I couldn't get my kid up at six. I couldn't get my kid up at five. I couldn't get my kid up an hour earlier. Yeah, you can. 
You absolutely can. You know how I know that? Because our 16-year-old gets up an hour earlier than 6 a.m. to get off to work. So he used to get up at 7. When we started the Bible reading and prayer time, we got up at 6. And now sometimes he gets up at 5 or even earlier. We can all do it. You want to know what you have to do? You go to bed an hour earlier. That's it. (laughs) That's the secret. You want to get up an hour earlier? Go to bed an hour earlier. Do it for a week. Your body will be used to it. Mm -hmm. You can get up at 5. You can get up at 4. If you're a man, you're going to have to do that several times throughout your life, especially if you work construction or a variety of different jobs. It's like, hey, guess what? We get up early. That's what we do. I did that in college. I had to get up early and go work at the bagel shop. There you go. Had to be there at 5.30. Yep. Any of us that work in a job at a gas station or a restaurant that serves breakfast or all these different things, you're going to get up, you know, whenever you do. So it's good for your kids to get in that habit. And parents are not willing to make the unpopular and difficult decision. And then they're not willing to put in the extra time for themselves. And I get it. I would rather sleep in and be able yeah. to stay up a little later at night watching Netflix rather than going to bed oh, yeah. a little Netflix. earlier and getting enough sleep so that I can get up in the morning and do this with my kids. But I've been doing it for so many years. I don't even. You do get used it's to like, it. It's like it's weird for the kids yeah. when we don't do it. When something comes up, you know, someone's sick or dad's sick or, oh, you know, sorry, guys, I got to I got to be at a job at 6 a.m. today. We're, you know, we're not doing the Bible reading and prayer. The kids are like, oh, oh no. you know, they're, they're disappointed. Well, and you feel like weird in the morning. You didn't you get your daily dose of what you needed. Yeah, you know. that's good. OK, number three. We made it to number three. Yeah, um, we have to stop the Bible teaching and prayer time and move on to the next one. Number three, you want good kids, you want a strong Christian family, no social media. What? Boom. Not fair. Mike dropped. (laughs) What's wrong with social media? I can't think of one bad thing that's ever come of social media. I say, if I have to explain this one, (laughs) then you as a parent are a little checked out. I think we could just stop there. People are like, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. You (laughs) would think everyone would get it. Oh, my word. It's so bad. Social Social media media. is bad for children. It's bad for me. It is also (laughs) bad for adults. It is. It is. It absolutely is. is. I'm not saying... But this isn't a message just on social media. No. This is a message mostly for parents to understand or try to get this concept of raising a strong, successful, godly Christian family requires a sacrifice of time, a sacrifice of money, and making unpopular, difficult decisions in your home so that your children can flourish. So one of those unpopular and difficult decisions is to lay down the law that there is no social media. So social media is bad for children. The creators of Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and TikTok have said that it is designed, they have designed social media to be addicting. Yeah, that little red thing that yep. pops up ding oh, ding I, ding it's like they, you're like pavlov's dog yeah, you got you, it oh, oh a new notification quick not to mention tiktok was invented by the chinese communist party and <laughs> is a tool yeah. being used to dumb down and destroy america that's yes, its purpose and influence the them did you know that tiktok runs differently in america than it does in china really yep. what do they what do they do in america i did not know that the dumber the video the more it will push it in america (laughs) and they will try to get people to be excited about stupid worthless endeavors that just eat up time and destroy culture and society in china they push academic excellence athletic excellence on TikTok, where it will show their people all of these good things they're hoping to get them to aspire to. It runs differently in China than it does in the rest of the world. How come I'm surprised? I shouldn't be. No. That fits with what I know of China. Chinese Communist Party. Okay. So at best, social media gives unrealistic views of reality. And a massive distraction, time wasting. It's a huge... Time waster. Yes. 
social media gives our children unrealistic expectations. You know, okay. So I taught Sunday school for years. Mm -hmm. High school girls Sunday school when Mm -hmm. we were first married. Yeah. And um, I have seen these girls grow up mm-hmm. and then they pop up on social media. Yep. And, and guess you know what? what their profile picture is? It's something slutty. Yeah. Sensual. Slutty. At the very. Yeah. Just say it. <laughs> slutty. Some of them are. Some Why of them... did we stop using that word? That okay. was a great right. word to describe trash and bring shame where it's due. Slutty. Right. Well, and I know why they're doing it. It's because they have seen it. Bunch of sluts. That's why they're doing it. <laughs> You're slut shaming. You know that? <laughs> yes, I am. Well, Bible Thumper Podcast. Proud to slut shame <laughs> since 2019. Okay, where have we gone with this podcast? Yeah. No, it, it's such a, it is such a heavy-handed influence. It's almost irresistible, I uh-huh. think, to everyone, especially... That age group. Why on earth would you give your children access to this? Let me ask you a question. Women across the board in society, when they want attention, what's the easiest way to get attention? Take your clothes off. Take your clothes off. So guess what? On social media, when you want attention, what's the (laughs) easiest way to get attention? Wear your underwear. Take your clothes off. Take a picture. There you go. Yep. Okay. It's no different. So congratulations. Yeah. They've cracked the code. Well, right. So So anyway, I just saw the girls go from innocent to Mm -hmm. falling in line with everyone else on Facebook doing exactly, or Instagram, whatever it is. Slutty. Slutty. Yep. Yes. Pictures. Anyway. Yep. Sluttifying their image (sighs) in a slutty way. Right. That's what they're doing. Yes. It's ridiculous. Okay. And so- you're you don't want your girls on there for that reason no sure as heck don't want your boys on no there. you don't want your boys looking this? at all these sluts <laughs> okay what's the next? we're bringing back this word <laughs> it needs to be used are you gonna make a hashtag now it or is something? accurate and everybody knows what i'm talking about yes i'm not disagreeing with you and i would I'm- love to have the mom Email me and argue and complain about me saying that and using these words. I'm like, oh, yeah? Let me guess what your daughter looks like. (laughs) You wouldn't care about this word if you weren't condoning it. Yeah. So. So no social media. No social media. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 12 and 13. They measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Wow, that describes... That's what social media for children is. They have an unrealistic view of reality, and boys and girls have unrealistic expectations placed upon them, and they compare themselves to what they see on social Mm -hmm. media, and that is what they are trying to become, and they find their self-worth in their success... With their social media presence. That's exactly what happens. And we're supposed to find our self-worth from God. Yeah. But we don't. Yeah, we're never supposed to find it in what we look like. Yep. Or what we have. Mm-hmm. And that's all of that social media is. That's all it is. It, you remember that show with that pompous and arrogant guy? He was, he was a foreigner somewhere in Europe, some <sighs> idiot. And it was the lifestyles of the rich and, rich and famous. Oh, yeah. I liked that. Go of course. On. Everyone did. Wow. Wow. They have. Man, my house is terrible. Oh, my house sucks. <laughs> I used to be happy with it. I used to be content, Man. but now. Look at my hair. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh, I can't believe that I look like this. That is exactly what yeah, social media is. is all day long, every day. Because let me ask you this. When's the last time you took a video of you yelling at the kids for doing something stupid and put it on social media? (laughs) When's the last time you took a picture of a sink overflowing with dishes and put it on social media? We don't do that. We don't do that. We only, we, do you know how much time and energy people go through doctoring photos to try to make things look amazing to put on social media because they are trying to, what what they're doing is they're lying to everybody. They're just not doing it directly in a way that they would consider lying, but that's what everyone does. 
we are trying to put our best foot forward and make everything look just so fancy and so mm-hmm. perfect in our own life. And then what does everyone else do? Everyone Same else thing. sees that and they're trying to compete with that. It's a mess. Yep. It's a mess. I do want to put a plug in. If mm-hmm. you're looking for a phone, mm-hmm. our oldest had to get a phone for work. Oh, yeah. And we found, we researched uh, different safe phones, they're called, for kids. Mm-hmm. One I found was Trumi Wireless. Mm-hmm. So... They don't have social media, and they have curated apps that they deem safe. Okay. So you can get on the phone. Yeah. So he gets Google Maps. Yeah. Um, he, he can, can call text, text. He can phone call. And actually has GPS tracking, so I see where he is. But yeah. you, you can't even get social media on the Trumi phones. Yep. And there's other companies out there, but that one I found was good. Yeah, it worked for us. Yeah. Yeah. And and by the way, while we're talking about this, don't forget to get on Facebook and YouTube and follow the Bible Thumper podcast. (laughs) Social media. Yep. On all of our social media (laughs) accounts. It's very important that you like us and share and subscribe. You need to watch all of our stuff. Stay involved, engaged. Yes. They say engaged. Yeah. Just ding, 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 ding. Hit the like button. Just scroll through our feed and like every single thing and share it all. Yep, that's what you I need to do. I didn't want your followers to get off of social media. No, 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 not ours. Just their kids. Okay, so uh, we are not supposed to compare ourselves to each other, and that is exactly what every young girl with an Instagram feed does 100 times a day. Yeah, my daughter is not getting social media until At she's all. a grown-up. But yeah. I mean, I'm not and letting when her When she can decide, and she's on her own, and, you know, that's totally different. If but she's 20 and in our house, yeah, she's not getting not social getting media. Not getting social I'm media. Not, no one that. living in our house, any no. of our kids, has any of that. It's yeah. nothing. There's nothing good enough there no. for the bad. <laughs> Correct. You know. Yeah. For kids, it is bad. Yeah. Um, what social media is really doing is training immoral behavior. Right. And I don't want anyone thinking that social media is great for most adults either. It's not. I don't think it is. But that's another lesson for another day. We can do a whole lesson on social media. Right now, we're just talking about raising kids. So let me ask you this. What would be the reaction in most families if the parent told their child they can no longer have social media? World War III. World War III. That's what I wrote down. They're addicted. They're actually physically addicted to it. They are. And if you don't believe that, look up. Uh, child addiction to smartphones and social media, you will find so many studies, so many doctors, so many testimonies. It's out of control. Well, and if you... There are kids that end up becoming suicidal. Yes. Yeah. It is so bad. Have you heard the advertisements on... Yes, I did. It was unbelievable. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) The advertisements on the radio. There's lawsuits now being formed against some of these companies because of the damage that's happening. Yep. So there's litigation in the works the right now. Yeah, they they're not going to do that unless yep. there's unless they know results. they you got it. Unless Poor they know result. they can yeah. convince a jury of that yeah. and they so. can win. It Go is ahead. absolutely yeah. bad. So what would be the reaction in most families if the parent told their child they couldn't have oh, any man. social media or for that sad. matter no cell phones? Oh my goodness, no cell phone. It would be so hard yeah. it, it, to reverse this thing or but you can you absolutely you're the, can. You're the adult. And, and you and, should. And that is the point. The kids. Parents are not willing to yeah. make the difficult and unpopular decision they need to in order to produce good, strong Christian families. Right. And I should say that the reason a Christian family isn't a strong and godly Christian family is the parent. The parents are not willing to make the difficult and unpopular decisions. And I keep repeating that phrase because I'm hoping it's going to stick. When things are bad for your child, you have to tell them no. It doesn't matter what the child wants. They don't know what's best for them. No. Do you You know that that's what God does for us? God says, no, you're not allowed. That behavior is unacceptable. You can't do that. I don't care that you want to do it. I know you want to do it. That's why I wrote in the book that you can't do it. Right. We need a good hand slap once in a while as adults. 
and the kids need to be directed. If you love them, if you, you love have them, to help them. You have to put boundaries. Yes. Parents need to grow up and put on the big boy pants and act like okay. parents. None of us allow our kids to do whatever they want. We make them. We force them do things that are good for them. They have to brush their teeth. They have to take a shower. They have to go to bed and get enough hours of sleep. We don't let our kids wake up in the morning and tell us what they want for breakfast. Well, I want a bowl of Lucky Charms, but I don't want any of the cereal, just the marshmallows. Fill a bowl up with marshmallows and then crack open a can of Mountain Dew Code Red, and that's what I'm going to eat before going to school. That is insane. Nobody does that. So you have to be able to see what's bad for your kids and say, no, it doesn't matter what they want. You're the parent. Yeah. You probably shouldn't be because you're an idiot, but you are. So set some boundaries for your kids. Kids, if your parents (laughs) are listening to this podcast, they're probably going to be pretty upset because I'm calling them names and yelling at them a lot. And if your parents are too stupid to say no, then you need to listen to this podcast and you need to determine where you need to tell yourself no. Because guess what? At a certain point in your life, when you become an adult, that's what you have to do. Yeah. It's called self-control. We have to say no to those things that are bad for us, even when we want to do them. Any, uh, now you cover any additional comments on that? It's, we could get into all of the problems that it causes later. I have, we're at an hour. Okay. So we can wrap it up after one more point, two more more point. point, Yeah. Yeah. And then we can, we can bring, more of this up later if we want to do again okay so the fourth point that i had is church make church a part of your weekly schedule that is so important and i can't believe Mm -hmm. how many christians don't make church a priority and then they're surprised when the kids don't want to go to church either right yeah they don't make church a priority in their life. Right. And then when their kids grow up, they wonder why their kids don't want to do it. Now I'm going to tell you this, taking your kids to church in and of itself is not going to be enough to make your kids want to go to church when they're an adult. What you need to do is be teaching your kids the Bible and you need to be helping them to make their own decisions about God and they have their own convictions about God. Yeah, the practice and the habit of going to church regularly isn't supposed to fill that gap where you're not you supposed as a to parent rely on the on can now yeah. forget about your job. You still have to teach them, but if you're not in the habit of going, they, they won't are, be in the habit of going. They're not going to see it as important. Yeah, so in the so same way, easy. if you want your kids to have a healthy lifestyle, yeah. Well, then guess what you need to do as a parent? You need to be working out. You yeah. You need to have you an active, healthy mm-hmm. lifestyle. They're going to copy you. They're going to copy you. So if you just get home from work and all you do is sit on the couch and smoke cigarettes and drink Mountain Dew, guess what? Okay, your kids are going to be couch potatoes. They're going to die of a heart attack at a pre, you know, prematurely right. because of their unhealthy lifestyle. If you have decided, I want to have an active lifestyle, and I'm going to go and run around with the kids, and I'm going to go and go hiking with the kids, and I'm, you know, we're gonna we're gonna watch workout videos together, and we're gonna we're gonna do a push up challenge, me and the boys, and we're gonna. If you make decisions like that, and you push your kids, they are going to have a desire to do those things. Yeah. The kids that just sit around and play video games all day and drink Mountain Dew and eat potato chips and they, you know, are grossly overweight, they didn't get there on accident. No. They learned that behavior somewhere Mm -hmm. and they didn't have to. So in the same way, if you never go to church, if your kids never catch you reading your Bible or praying, they're going to realize that this is... you're a fraud this is a scam Mm -hmm. god is an important church isn't important the bible's not important and i don't need to do anything any of these things you know i grew up going to church almost every week Uh and we did all the church clubs and all of this stuff and then for a time i mean we had a lot of unfortunate things happen in our family that really threw us all for a loop knocked us off track in every possible way sure so there was this short time in college where I quit going. I don't remember why. I didn't consciously think I'm going to stop going. 
Well, I started making the outdoors my priority, mm-hmm. but I missed it so much that within about a year, I was like, man, I really miss just the habit of going. And I don't know that I went back for spiritual reasons. It was kind of like, I just missed it. I miss seeing people. And that took me back. Mm-hmm. I went right back to, found churches to go to. So work for me. In church, it is where you are going to be encouraged. It's where you're going to corporately worship God. It is where you're going to be taught the Bible. It's where we are going to see people get baptized. Ephesians in chapter 5 says that Jesus is the head of the church. It also says in the same chapter that Jesus died for the church. In Hebrews 10, it says that we're not supposed to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Christians are supposed to get together in the church, which they're a member of, right? and they have accountability. They have responsibilities. They have an authority that they are under. And they have instruction that will teach them how to be righteous. Mm -hmm. That is the place that we get together. That's kind of like the clubhouse for the Christians where we can all get together and we take a break from the mess that we see in the world and we can get back to God. And without teaching a whole lesson on the importance of church, we need to make the point that parents are not willing to give up their time on a weekend to go to church. And because of that, you're going to miss out. Yeah. Your kids are not going to see good, godly representations of families, of marriages. They're not going to have positive peer pressure Mm -hmm. that will help them to be more like God. Right. And they're going to need that one day when they're out of your house. How many people really would like to see their kids and grandchildren going to church. Probably most people. Do you want to know when most people go back to church? When they have children. When they have children. Yeah. All of a sudden, they're like, you know what? I do not. Yep, this is important. And we do not want to stay out of church. This is not going to be good. I want my kids in church. I want my grandkids in church. I better get back to it. Yep. And it's a shame that that's the cycle a lot of people have to go through. Yeah. But it is. All of a sudden, people start waking up and they start taking responsibility over their lives and they start to say, you know what, Uh, I probably need to make some changes because I'm going to be a dad now. Yeah. You want to know the most common time people get life insurance? When they have have kids. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's like, oh man, I got a wife and I got a little girl and I need to make sure they're taken care of. I better get some term life insurance. So get your term life insurance and And go back to church. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. So... The reason that parents struggle with having good, strong Christian families is they are not willing to make the sacrifice in their wallet, their bank account, their pocketbook with money. They're not willing to make a sacrifice with time. And the next point I had that we're not going to get to tonight just because we're way over time is the large quantity of time that's required to spend Mm -hmm. with your kids in order to have a quality family. So sacrifice sacrificing your money sacrificing your time and being willing to make difficult and unpopular decisions those are the things that hold up so many parents from being able to have a good strong wholesome godly christian family if you're not willing to do those things it just ain't gonna happen yeah i can't really add anything to that All right, so then with that, folks, uh, let me just tell you that if you are watching us live, you can always make a comment or type in a question on Facebook or YouTube. We get it here. We can answer your questions. If you don't know how to find us, just Google Bible Thumper Podcast. You'll find our Facebook page and our YouTube channel, and we are on here almost every Sunday night and almost always at 7 p.m. Mountain Time, 8 p.m. Central. And if you can't watch the video live, please get on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Audible, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Blueberry. There are dozens of places you can find our podcast. Please subscribe. Please like it. Please share it around. And you can email me, Patrick Hayes, at BibleThumperPodcast at gmail.com. I respond to all the emails that I get. I'm happy to talk to you. I am more than happy to talk about any subject that you want us to get into. And I am much, much nicer when you get me on the phone or when you 
are emailing me or if you come to our church if you're in grand junction colorado we have a church that meets every friday night at 6 30 p.m and we'd love to have you uh, come be our guest so thank you everyone for joining us and we will see you next week have a great evening